Today's episode of the Elseworlds Exchange is brought to you by The Sorcerers of Caramine, the debut novel by Scottish author Luke Brady. Now look, I know we all love comics, but occasionally it's good to pick up a full prose novel every now and again, and this one's a doozy with a lot in it for comic book fans, especially if you like magic titles. It's got witches, pirates, and plenty of action. Think Harry Potter meets Pirates of the Caribbean. Basically, it's about a young guy named Perrin who discovers he has magical powers in a world that is tightly controlled by the people in charge. They decide to get rid of him, but he's rescued at the last minute by a pirate ship full of really colorful and entertaining senior citizens who whisk him away and teach him how to use his magic, and then they go on the run together. It's great fun and a really exciting read. You can pick it up from your local Amazon store by going to tinyurl.com slash lukebrady. That's L-U-K-E. B-R-A-D-Y. It's available on paperback, Kindle, or if you prefer an audiobook, it's on both Audible and iTunes. Even better, if you've got Kindle Unlimited, or if it's your first title when you sign up for Audible, you can get it for free. It's a great debut novel, and I think it's going to be the start of a really cool series, so give it a look. The Sorcerers of Caramine by Luke Brady, available at tinyurl.com slash lukebrady. That's L-U-K-E-B-R-A-D-Y. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate. Enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character. A problem to the police. But a crusader for law. Hey everybody, welcome to Off the Rack'em Sal. I'm Tiffany. This is the comic book review show where we take comics from the past week, recap and review them, let, them new, let us know, let you know what we thought about them, and then give you recommendations for books that are coming out this week that we think you should pick up. In addition to that, we also do like reviews and stuff. Off the Rack is our review show. Yeah. So that's where if like there's a Marvel Netflix show or even a DC Universe app, series that we want to review and talk about. We can do that on here on the show. We're going to do a little bit of a hodgepodge this week. We're going to combine our thoughts on Daredevil Season 3 along with some of the books that came out this past week that we think you should pick up because we want to keep it comics, ladies and gentlemen. We're also going to try and keep it a little brief this week because Tiffany's not feeling well, <laughs> as you can tell later on when she starts I just, talking. I can't, yeah. Also, Man. she's going to try and uh, stream today later after the show, uh, which includes the Purple Channel, which you'll find links to and everything like that elsewhere. Yeah. Actually, if you go in the description, I think you'll find a direct link to our Purple streaming service yeah. channel as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so you're not feeling well. We're going to try and reserve your energy, but we will try and make this as, uh, you know, standard and above average show it's, that we have. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. At least I sound better. Which I is, agree. I sound better. Yeah. Which means I sounded worse. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday, the day before that, not good. Nope, it's true <laughs> enough. Uh, so before we jump into Daredevil, because we have a lot of thoughts on it, but we don't want to spend too, too much time just like belaboring the series, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to talk about some comics. So let's do it. Yeah. Uh, these are books that came out this week that I and you read, yes. and we want to talk about them a little bit. So let me just jump over to where we are. And Where are we? Well, there's a there's I read... Quite a few books, but I only really want to talk about three of them um, this week. I only read a few books, and they were all magic-based. What a shock. That's nice, though. Magic. <laughs> um, you know what? I'll talk about this one first, because it's just like, whatever. You're going to be covered up, but... Oh, oh no, I'm not. I'm not okay. so much. All right. There it is. Hey. Uh, the <laughs> Batman and the Max Arkham Dreams came out uh, number two. Uh, by Sam Keith, all of it written and drawn. If you're not a fami- if you're not familiar with the Max, uh, don't blame yourself because you're probably not thirty. So go uh, to our back issues episode and watch all of it because we really talk about the Max and the phenomenon thereof. Yeah. But uh, this is fun because like it takes all the stuff that if you were a fan of the Max or if you became uh, a fan of the Max, you you may be like, whoa, the book kind of like spiraled out of control and then ended. 
this takes all the stuff that spiraled out of control and then just says, no, nah, let's just focus on the stuff that you remember. <laughs> Julie, Batman, uh, the Max, Mr. Gone, maybe? How about that? This, uh, this ups the ante a bit, introduces some new villains, uh, not new to anybody who reads comics, but new to the series. Um, the Penguin shows up, the Joker shows up, uh, Mr. Gone shows up. This is the most silly the first issue, I was like, "There's a little bit of a little, a little bit of camp, a little bit of Sam Keithian silliness going on." Okay. But uh, I felt like, "Oh, like no," but it really does kind of like harken back to the noble tradition of like Sam Keith's the Max. Okay. Um, this is like a joke. Really. Yeah, and I don't mean like even I don't mean like a bad joke or like an angry joke. It's just kind of like clearly Keith is having a fun time doing it. DC doesn't mind what they're doing with the characters, it, and nothing out of the ordinary. It's more like. A more silly juvenile uh, Arkham Asylum, a serious house in serious earth, but if it also had the Max in it. Uh, so it's just like, what? We're in the mindscape. We're in the Outback. But Joker's here, and he's been here for, like, he's he's been tapping into the Outback for a long time. But it gets very silly. Really? Now, do you think that's because, like, Keith himself was kind of down on his own work, so maybe he didn't feel like he was up to the task of writing this book. I mean, if he didn't, then why did he take the job or even pitch this idea? I don't know. Like, like, who came up with this idea? I'd love to know. Um, but I gotta tell you, like, it's fun. If you if you liked the Max, uh-huh. you should pick it up. If you like Batman and don't know who the Max is, you're not gonna like this book. Okay. But uh, you might find it fun. I don't right. know. If you like I'm, silliness. I'm guessing this is not a great introduction to the mask. Or the mask. The max. I keep calling it the mask. I know. Because I desperately want that, apparently. Yeah, not so much. Uh, I mean, like, it, does it, does in it, the f- most, like, rudimentary sense. Like, it, it's like, if you, Max, he's connected with some girl. There's no connection. Like, there's no real explanation. So if you knew the max, you will you might like this. Right. If you don't, you're not going to get a good feel for what the max was. Okay. Or even, like, the first ten issues mythology. Okay. You know, like, you're not even going to really get into the show. Because the show's only the first 13 issues or so. Okay. So, it's it's fun, it's silly. I recommend it because, like, I liked it. Wow. And I like the max. Yeah, yeah, And I'm like, hey, this book will never come again, so check it out. <laughs> uh, so that's that. It's more or less a... Uh... Like, a moment in time. Exactly. It's a moment in time that you'd think would never have happened. Yeah. Because the time has passed for the Max. Okay. But not so much. It's here. And oh. it's going to keep and going for at go. least for a forgivably short amount of time. It's not three <laughs> issues, but it's not eight issues. All right. So, That's check it fair. out. Uh, what did you read? Oh, I thought you were going to keep going. I was going to alternate. I was so not ready no, I'm for back that. In, going back and forth. <laughs> okay. Um... I'm not going to get super into details for this because on the off chance folk have not finished um, the Justice League Dark arc, The Witching Hour, since it was a weekly series, people may not have caught up to it. It was five parts. It just ended last week. Yeah. Um, I guess all I really want to say is I thought it ended really strongly. Uh, He tied up, or Tynan tied up all the loose ends. Um, This is one of those, like, stories where they, of course, broke it up into a couple different books. Yes. I mean, really, it was just Justice League Dark... Wonder Woman, and then Justice League Dark and Wonder Woman, like, they made, like, a separate thing. Oh, like its own, like, one-shot? Kind of. Oh, well, it's just kind of, like, there's, like, two issues that are in that. It's, like, a tie-in crossover kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, So you had to follow those, and I was like, this has got to suck for people who are just reading Wonder Woman, because mm-hmm. your whole book gets shanghai for two issues. Yeah. Um, But I thought, I thought they did, I thought he did a really good job. 
Um, I liked a lot of the characterizations. I like the um, changes that they've made to the DC universe. Whether or not people follow them will be a totally different thing. Anytime that I notice that um, folk make uh, irreparable changes to the magical parts of any universe, they don't. It, uh, people don't care. Right, editorial doesn't follow. like write like, it down. It doesn't really matter, no. you know. At the end of the day. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, I liked the changes that they made. In particular, huge change, in my opinion, for Swamp Thing. Yes. Um, and not just the way he and looks. And Wonder Woman a little bit. Well, um, yes and no, because, yes, yes. New yes. powers. No, that's all gone. Oh. Oh, they undid it. It's all gone. Well, No, there's another, there's another change that was made. Um, I guess I, I, I can kind of ruin this, but, like, uh, yeah. like the, um, you know, like, Mount Olympus mm-hmm. and, like, like the idea is that like Mount Olympus has been abandoned by the gods, right? And um, now it's like closed forever, and it's been destroyed. Oh, like they she can never like step foot there again. Okay, it's it's over. And I was like, that's kind of cool. So I'm thinking definitely huge um, change in what his whole like not even role, but like mm-hmm. I don't I want you don't want to ruin it. I don't yeah. want to ruin Just, it. But yeah, I won't. I won't push it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll spoil it. Tomorrow. Yeah, I'll spoil it for myself. I'll, I'll spoil it for later. Um, but I am looking forward to seeing where Justice League Dark's going to go next. They clearly, uh, Titans clearly set up um, a villain for the future. Whether or not we'll dive right into that is one thing. Um, but we'll see where it goes. Cool. Like they dealt with everything. Great. So that's nice. Just go for it. Spoil it. Okay. All right. Here we go. Um. So at the end of the day, um, the Parliament of Trees is, is burnt down oh. so he's no like they're like it's no longer there there's no connection to it any longer wow. he still has a connection to the green and the idea is that like now instead of there being a parliament of trees there's like something uh, i can't remember if it's like the parliament or the court of flowers or something like that mm-hmm. there's like something else there and it's not going away right and it was like created by like this new magical order kind of thing so like magic has been changed within the universe and like certain things are going to stay around forever but like i'm, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with that in swamp thing like yeah, you know, like that was kind of a big part of it, and the idea that he might have inevitably joined the Parliament of Trees, and now that's just not even a possibility for him. Yeah, and I was like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, it, it, cool. It, that's like it's so funny because it's like you'd think that'd be the kind of change they would make in a Swamp Thing book, but yeah, no. But there isn't one. There isn't one, so you can't do that. But like, hey, anybody wants to write for, write for Swamp Thing? Now you got to deal with that. Yeah, or not. Or not. Or you just ignore it. Who or cares? Or screw you. Who cares? Um, but they definitely like all the loose ends. The the fifth member of like the uh, of Hecate's uh, witch marked. We we found out who that is. Mm-hmm. We dealt with the upside down man. We dealt with it all. Oh, cool. And, okay, great. And not like dealt with it like Marvel deals with it in their movies. Like he could always come back. Oh, cool, so, good. But, like, his connection to everything. Right. So it's, like, summed up. Dope. I feel like it was a really solid story. Again, like, the unfortunate part was the way you had to follow it. Yeah. And so, like, if you weren't paying attention... Right. It was easy to miss an issue of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I'm trying not to go too much into details because, like, it, it's like, oh, it's over because it was a weekly series. Yeah. So we had to figure out which books to pick up for that. So, again, I thought it was good, though. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving over to Marvel briefly. Okay. Uh, Extermination <clears throat> number four, penultimate issue. Oops, made it go away. Uh, the penultimate issue of their fixing of the like timeline displaced time X Men okay. continues, and it's doing like. Have you ever thought like, ah, oh, this is there's this funny like editorial thing where it's like we're gonna do this this meta thing where like we know that they can't use the characters or they don't want to use the characters or they want to start using the characters and so they fun they come up with this fun organic story driven way to do that mm-hmm. like this is just like what you see is what you get they're just getting rid of the young time displaced X Men and putting them back and like young Cable 
is like doing the fixing. Like they discover what his operation is, and it's just like because like young Angel, you know, he's been here so damn long. Like he had to go through Archangel esque metamorphoses, and so he had like en- he had like energy wings. And so, like, Young Cable's like, no, he needs to go back. And when he goes back, he can't have energy wings. So I, I kidnapped Mimic, a classic X-Men character that, like, died long ago. And you might not even remember him, even if, like, you were a big X-Men fan. Because, like, the last time I was recogn- I reminded of Mimic was in, like, an X-Men trading card, like, 20 years ago. Oh. But, like, Mimic's a fun character. His, char- his, his powers are he can mimic your, your abilities. And he has, like, a bunch... Whenever you see him, he's usually got, like, big beast arms and a Cyclops' visor and angel's wings. You know what's amazing is that, like, every character... Not every, but, like, the ones that come to mind who can do that, they all start with M. Mystique, Morph, Mimic. Yeah, that's true. Mm. But uh, <laughs> but it's so funny because, like, they... Uh, like, Cable just kip, like captures Mimic and then rips his wings off and then puts them on Angel. And then, like, the, the New Mutants slash X-Force team that would be working with Cable that's hunting down young Cable for killing old Cable is, like, Mimic, is this true? He's like, yeah, I wish he'd asked me, but, like, I get it, so I'm totally down. It's just really funny. Like, it's all coalescing. It's all gonna wrap up. It's a fun little story. Even if you don't know, like, the, that all the all the Fox Disney nonsense that's been going on, you might still enjoy the story. Uh, so, is this a time-displaced Cable, which is, like... Uh... No, it's, like, young Cable. It's, like, young... Like... Cable before he gets old. So it's like Cable when he's a teenager, he finds out about his older self screwing up, so he goes and kills his older self. Okay, but like, but he's still from a future, right? Right. Yeah, and he's got to make sure his future still happens. And basically the idea being that like, if one of the Time Displaced X-Men doesn't make it back, it screws up everything. And if none of the Time Displaced X-Men go back, it screws up everything. It's just about like fixing the timeline, which is fine. Also, Ahab's there, and he's doing his thing. And then Ahab shows up, and he, like, stabs Cyclops to the chest and kills him. But he doesn't because, like, it looks like it's Cyclops, and everyone's like, They killed young Sky Cyclops! I'm like, it's Mimic. They killed, they killed Mimic. Because, they, because Mimic has Cyclops' powers. Yeah. Like, what, are you, what are you doing? Does he morph back after he gets oh, they don't, stabbed? No, just, that's the last, the last page uh, reveal is, oh my god, they killed young Cyclops. What are they going to do now? In the last issue of the series, like, just, so, it's Mimic. So, okay, so... <laughs> I hate time travel. Um, so <laughs> I love young, time travels. I'm down. I do, but not not no. Mm-hmm. Um, so young Cable from a slightly less further in the fa- in like the yeah. far flung future mm-hmm. kills himself from a further far flung future. Yes. to go back to send the X Men back into the past because mm-hmm. they're in the future for them yep. technically, mm-hmm. and then ev- inevitably he's going to go back, but everybody's going to hate him anyway because every time they look at Cable, they're going to be like, "You ruined the young X Men." So is he killing them or is he taking them back? No, he's he's capturing them and then he's going to ship them back, but he needs to have all of them. Why can't he just talk to them? Because uh, there's no time. Because it needs to be dramatic and fun. Okay. So that so it is. Fine. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I, I'm, I'm digging it, and uh, I think Pepe Larraz is still doing the art, and he's doing a great job. Okay. Um, by the way, it's written by Ed Brisson, and he's doing a good job. It's kind of fun. I dig it. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Fix it. Fix everything. Time! <laughs> uh, getting into the Super Chats, Mr. Roboto says, did they bring up the whole White Lantern Swamp thing? No. I'm, that's too bad. That doesn't mean that they couldn't, and it couldn't be something that they used to, like, adjust things, but, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you got anything else? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Well, let's hear it. <laughs> um, so, uh, also this week, uh, over in the in the realm of Marvel, um, a What If book came out. And we've talked about a couple of What Ifs here, and like yes. so far the What Ifs have not been great. No, they have not. They're, they're like old What If, where um, it's like, let's test it out for right? another writer. Until last week, <gasps> when I thought what was a great, great What If came out. Mm-hmm. It was What If Magic. Not... What if Marvel knew how to handle magic? magic? No, what if magic became Sorcerer Supreme? Oh. Um, and it's written by Leah Williams with art by Felipe Andrade. Um, I feel like I've, I think I've seen his art before with Captain Marvel. Yes. And um, it, I think his art is super suited for a Doctor Strange book. Marvel? Do it. What are we doing here? I mean, they just did it. They did do it. Um, but it was more for a magic book. All right. So I'm going to be I'm going to be perfectly frank with everybody. This is one of the best Doctor Strange stories I've read in a while. Hmm. Putting it out there, and it's not even a Doctor Strange story, but it is because Doctor Strange is in it pretty much from the get-go and throughout the whole thing, and it's great. It's a more classic Doctor Strange in a very classic costume, um, doing his like Sorcerer Supreme thing. Um, concept here is that like, what if magic like went into limbo, and then when she came back, she went and hung out with the mutants for a little bit, and then left like Westchester and was like, nah, nah, this sucks. Nah, I don't mm-hmm. want to do this. And um, basically, like, she ends up like causing a stir. Because like she doesn't know how to do anything with her power, she thinks she does, but she doesn't. So Strange shows up, and it's just like, you can't do this. Right. And like, you look. All right. First of all, you look like you're malnourished. So just come back with me. And like, he ends up like, she's using her teleportation powers, and he ends up like tricking her into going to the sanctum, and mm-hmm. he won't like. She can't leave because it's like protected. He's like, I'm not trying to get you. It's just you literally can't teleport out of here. Hey, right. Just relax. So then like they feed her, and like he. She gives her backstory. He pitches her a, an alternative to like all of that, and just being like, "Why don't you just stay here and I'll train you?" Okay. I'm like, you like, it's up to you. Like, yeah. Whatever you want to do. And so she decides to do that. And so he teaches her the ways of magic. And like, it's very interesting to see him with a younger uh, student like this. I know we've seen this a lot lately. Oh, Doctor Strange getting a young female protege. Yeah. Yeah, literally twice yeah. in the last. Uh, I know. Five but years. this one who actually has already magic has powers. magical powers, magical abilities. And can't control them. And he looks at her and he's just like, you have the potential to be the most powerful sorcerer I've ever met. Right. And he's like... Don't tell Wanda. Right. But he's also like kind of concerned about this because there's a black magic within her. And he's like, there's no way we can take that out, but at least we can give it a run for its money to take you over. He's like, so we're going to do everything we can to stop that from happening. Cool. And so like, we just see a lot of their training and like how like she can't do creation magic because of the fact that like she's really down on herself and like she's not allowing herself to do it because like where she kind of was reared... Like, was not about creation. It was about destruction. So she's like, I'll never be able to do that. And, like, creation magic is supposed to be one of the easiest things a person can do if they're doing magic. Mm-hmm. So inevitably, like, like she ends up making it work. And then, like, um, what's his name? Which I can never remember his name. Uh, Belasco shows up, who had taken her or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, he shows up, and he's just like, ah, I've been able to find you. Because, like, he, like, she was, he was, ugh. she was in the sanctum, and so it was protected, so he couldn't sense her magic. They end up leaving the sanctum to go practice on, like, an island someplace, and that's when he finds her, and, like, he's got Strange, and, like, he's going to kill Strange, and then, like, Strange totally takes him down, because he's just like, <laughs> here's the thing. He's like, I was just want- I just wanted to hear how you found her. Right. And now that I know it was just luck, all right, here we go. Yeah. And, like, she finds herself unable to fight because she doesn't know what to do, and, like, okay. there's, like, this cool moment where, like, she, like, almost reverts to a little girl, and, like, Strange is like, okay, I'm just going to take you down to, you know. So they end up fighting, and, like, she ends up, like, killing Belasco and all this stuff. And, like, mm-hmm. she, like, freaks out at them about how, like, you know, like, 
he seems like he's so like generous and blah blah blah. Clearly, he wants something. At least when I was like in like limbo and it was like basically like hell, like I knew what they wanted from me. Right. And um, she's like, "What do you want? Like, I don't understand." And she's like, "He's like, all right, let's be honest. <laughs> I do have something selfish." He's like, "I do think you could be the most po- powerful like sorcerer in the universe." He's like, "And I want to retire." Right. And one day. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. And he's like, and I think you have the potential to fill this role. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, oh. Right. And so, like, at the end of the day, awesome. like, she doesn't even become Sorcerer Supreme. Instead, like, they go home. And, like, oh, she, she almost, like, her destructive nature is, like, killing her. And so, like, he takes her someplace where she can, like, let a bunch of it out. And then, like, they go home. And, like, she had a hoodie and it was, like, ruined. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, that thing was rags anyway. And so what he does is he commissions her her own, like, cloak of levitation. He's like, it's not as good as mine. <laughs> But, uh, but you'll get it one day. Yeah, also. Yeah, it, it's yours, and he gives that to her, and that's pretty much the end of it. It's just a Doctor Strange story, right? And I'm just like, like could have happened in continuity. It could have happened with any characters, and I'm just like, dang, like this is really good. Like they, like Leah Williams really got Strange, mm. and um, like you know, just the like a caring, compassionate side that could peek through. Also, like just the right amount of arrogance and like humor with it. Yeah, Wong's in it too. It's very again, very classic. Everything's right. classic, classic, classic throughout this. He does have a giant axe, which is technically kind of. Aaron. Yeah. But like costume, 100% classic strange. Cool. So I just thought it was a really fun what if. I thought it was really well written and just just cool. Just nice. Fun. There you go. Overall. Uh, jumping into the super chats, I okay. want to just address everybody yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's it called? Crescent Medicine saying, we're going to get some Daredevil spoiler talk. Did I miss it? No. Uh, no, we are not going to get to them. Uh, I just like to lie in the titles and the covers. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Slash S. Yeah. Uh, comics and anime, who was more hey, loyal you know, to Cyclops? Yes, yes, we are. Yeah, we are we're saving it to the that. end. That way we figure anybody who hasn't had a chance to finish the uh, season can jump, like, bomb in for some of off the rack, and then, like, you know, if they got to head out because they don't want to be spoiled. Exactly. At least that costs some of the show. Yeah. Comics and anime, who was more loyal to Cyclops, Jean, or Emma? Uh, I guess Emma, because she, like, went crazy and changed her costume for him. Wolverine. Yeah. What? I think Wolverine's been the most loyal to Cyclops. No, he they never... had a big fight. I know, but he pretty much, he's, he's consistent. Yeah, that's fair. You owe it, like, Well, he's Scott... he just wants Jean or Emma. Doesn't matter. I'm just saying Scott always, I think, you know. He knows what he's going to get with Wolverine. He should just stick with him. Yeah, well, Wolverine died. <laughs> yeah. And Mr. Roboto, uh, how do we submit what if stories to Marvel? The best way to do that is to write a best-selling comic book or a best-selling novel uh, or make a movie. Marvel will then approach you and offer you an opportunity to write. You will have them a number of pitches that uh, you, they will reject. You'll have to have at least a dozen pitches. Make sure that at least the 11th or 12th one is a really, really good what-if book. Then you will get to submit your story to what if uh, to Marvel. That's a that's a down and dirty real answer for you, right? Uh, Sam Anderson, what is a what is is this? What if more of a why not? That's a fair point. Uh, right. Yeah, because it basically is just like a can can I just write this? Yeah, except like the only, the part the only part that's truly what if is if magic hadn't stuck around with the X Men. She could bail at any time. I know, but I mean, like out of the gate, because yes. that way she she actually like can grow as a as sorcerer. a sorcerer. And I mean, not that she doesn't, but like it's less X Men training and more like sorcerer training with the Sorcerer Supreme. So like that kind of is where it you know yeah changes and diverts. Uh, Jesse Sweet, Tiffany, did you read Hex Wives? Not yet, but it's on my list. Uh, jumping into DC <laughs> again for my final review this week. Uh, whoops, that's us. That's us! That's us, whoa! Whoa! Uh, we have to talk about this book, uh, Heroes in Crisis number two. I didn't get a chance to read this. Oh, you missed out on a lot. Um, really? Yeah. I, uh, I can never tell when you're sarcastic. So I, I can't always this tell. This book is, is, uh, it's interesting because, uh, it, 
there are, of course, like there's the story, which is like the murder mystery part, and then uh-huh. there's like a nine panel grid that that Tom King loves and uses to the point where it's going to be retired because no one's going to be allowed to use it properly anymore. Uh, where the superhero in question, like we, we get like a little like profile, you know, like the first issue, we got all these like D list characters. Yeah, it's the giving, recordings. The recordings. They're supposedly deleted. Yes, but then they die uh, all in the first issue, uh, so we don't have to worry about that anymore. This one, we get like the recordings of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. And what they're stressed out about. Okay. Uh, we get... It's fun because actually there's a great, like, preview of this issue in which Batman is being, like... His spine is being broken by Bane. And it's, like, subject number 875 or something. You know, it's like... This is a reason why Batman would need something like Sanctuary. Because, like, he had his, his spine shattered. Right. In the interview, it's more that, like, I have trained partners and all of them have died. And I keep failing and I'm freaking out. It's kind of a disconnect between total disconnect. Imagery and, and has nothing I mean, like, to do with it. I mean, to be fair though, that is a that is a legitimate thing that he would be concerned about. But wouldn't you show instead like the, like Jason Todd's right, like that the the iconic image of him holding the dead body of Robin? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, but no, uh, let's let's focus on that. Superman uh, has a uh, thing where he's like, I don't know who I am half the time. Am I Superman or my Clark Kent? So Tom King fundamentally doesn't understand who Clark Kent and Superman is, and Wonder Woman. One time, uh, snuck out of her bedroom as a child and watched Hippolyta, like, getting surgery or something from a big battle. And she, like, her, her mom was, like, crying and screaming and she, like, didn't talk about it and didn't talk to her about it. And then said, like, therapies for losers and then left. Uh, also, Harley Quinn can beat up Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman and get away with them. And get away from them. Also, they killed Poison Ivy off camera. Yeah, Poison Ivy's dead. You enjoying this book so far? Yeah, she has a. Uh, she opens the book with like a little like therapy session, and uh, Harley like made her go, and then she like died, and we don't see her die. We don't see how she dies. We just see that she dies, and uh, Harley escapes from the Trinity, and then like throws a rose off of a bridge, like in Spider-Man Blue, but it's Harley and Ivy. It's it's, it's just a mess. It's also like completely disconnected from, like the the the, the therapy pages don't have any narrative relation to what's happening in the action so it's it's just a mess like you can tell like king wrote one thing and didio and the rest of them like made them write another thing and it's just mashed together it's just a big stupid mess and it will be like here's the thing it's selling great and uh so it'll be fine and people are really going to enjoy it because like people love tom king and they you know he's 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 an award-winning author who everyone enjoys and no one doesn't like tom king's art and writing I should say writing, but I mean art in terms of his, you know, his ability to write. <clears throat> so that's it. That's the book. Uh, oh, and uh, Harley keeps, like, trying to blame Booster Gold for killing everybody. And uh, uh, we get a cool scene with Barry. Uh, Barry Allen finds out that Booster Gold killed Wally West because Wally West is dead. And even though we have two Wally Wests, one of whom was created for the New 52 and one of whom everybody was asking for, and then they hinged the return of Rebirth, or the, the, the whole success of Rebirth on the return of Wally West, they killed him off-panel. So that's cool. Um, so it's just a it's just a big mess. If you love DC, if you love DC Rebirth, uh, get get ready to jump off DC because this book is going to do everything that you don't want it to ha- that want want to happen. So there you have it. Uh, that's the book. It's just a big fat mess. I can't like I'm sorry, you know, like I can't like sugarcoat it. It's just it's just a really stupid story. I feel uh, like I have to go talk to the sanctuary robot right now. Right? <laughs> it, it's just so stupid. Uh, the art is great. But that's not enough. Also, all the girls have the same face. 
Uh, and those are all the books I uh, want to talk about this week. I have one or two. So let's do those. But before we do that, let's jump into the Super Chat. Yeah, why not? Lemon Peace, uh, have you been checking out the Hanna-Barbera crossovers? No, I think they're really stupid. <laughs> no, but I did see... I did. I was like Green Lantern and Huckleberry Hound, I think it is. Yeah. What? Yeah. I didn't I, read it, though, but I, did, I do know that they are there. Yeah. I read uh, the I Lex Luthor. I like some of the first ones that they came out mm-hmm. with. Tom King's uh, did a great job with, uh, I'm just with saying, Batman like, and Elmer Fudd. I enjoyed some of them. Um, I like that. I weird. It's just so not a good book. I'm not, and I know that. But like the Jonah Hex or somebody Sam one, ridiculous. Yeah. So like I enjoyed when they first came out. I didn't actually anticipate them doing another set so soon. No. So soon. Yeah. Well, it, it must have sold great. Um, but yes. Porky anyway. Pig Lex Luthor. Yeah. Uh, I read that one. But no, uh, no, I, I don't like that idea. I don't want to read it. Uh, also, will we ever see a John Stewart solo book? That's so no. funny. We literally were just talking about that. Yeah, you'll never see it before the stream started because, like, uh, we're talking about something that we'll be talking about later on. But yep. just the new Green Lantern coming out, and I was asking Sal, I was like, "Oh, which one is it?" And he's like, "Hal." I'm like, "Why is it never John?" Yeah, because Hal's it's the never, Green Lantern that everybody John. wants to write about. So uh, that is too funny that you brought that up. Yeah, not a core an actual solo. It's been 20 years. I agree. I like John Stewart too. Like he's he's one of my favorites. Yeah. So a silver uh, cricket in Greek myth, a golden arrow is often associated with Cupid. Did, Fun facts with silvery cricket. Thank you very much, man. Uh, and Mister Roboto, Doctor Strange is the ancient one. Why is he not finding and getting apprentices who would know the ma- who would be that magic user for a future book? They would have to transition Doctor Strange to becoming the ancient one. Which he hasn't yet. I mean, he could have inevitably filled that role, but it would be one of those things that would be like way down the line. That would be like a like twenty ninety nine esque <laughs> version of Strange, where he became like the ancient one. He'd probably be a computer or something like that, or Tony Stark. Yeah, no, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. that is where he would end up taking on an, an apprentice. Yeah, like he would have to give up the mantle of Sorcerer Supreme and then and then move on to just pure enlightenment. Yeah, which and- I, it's like hard for him, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> because. Ego. Yeah, you need to let go. Yeah. Um, so. So, yeah. Uh, what else we got? Oh, the golden arrow that hit Wonder Woman in her in her confession. Oh, yeah. I didn't I didn't read it, so I don't know what, what you guys... Well, that happened in the book. She got hit with a golden arrow? Uh, I think Apollo did, but in any event. Maybe it's like, maybe it, it's like the men in black version of the neuralizer for Greeks. Right? Yeah. But it's love instead. I don't know. All right. In well, any event. Anyway. <clears throat> oh, me. Yeah, Hi. You're up. <laughs> I'm totally with it. I only took a little cold medicine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, also, before I, I mention the big thing I want to talk about, I do want to mention Doom Patrol came out. Yeah. It was fine. Aw. You've loved every issue of this series. I really have, and I think it's just because it's been too long, and this was tied into an event that happened a while ago. It was tied into Milk Wars. It took place oh, before. Oh, the lowest selling DC event of all time. It took place before and it took place after. And, um. Yeesh. It's just a shame because I, this book was supposed to come out sooner. And, like, listen, I know Gerard Way is very busy. Um, I. I yeah. Doom Patrol's not even really in it. It's just the ancillary characters he created. It's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting story. Um, but it's not a Doom Patrol story. It's not a really Doom Patrol story. So if you didn't pick this one up, I don't blame you're probably you. okay. Yeah. Probably okay. Fair um, enough. But then the big thing. Oh yeah, week. guys! 
which is bad egg came out this week yay which is bad egg not a sequel not a sequel it's not a sequel everybody anyone who thinks it's a sequel you're incorrect it's not a sequel it is a one shot um essentially world building style story um that takes place with a character that um we've never met before Never met, unless you read the Image Plus pages in which you were, like, intimately familiar with some of the story. Yeah. Um, but, um, essentially, it takes place uh, between a little boy, his mom, who is a uh, witch hunter, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, to, to just use layman terms here. Uh, she uh, specializes in finding, um, like, baby witches. Like, oh. There's a whole, like, system to how witch burrows are formed. Right. And um, her, like, bloodline, or at least she does, she specializes in this in particular. Um, they're part of the Irons. Remember the Irons? Yes, I do. And tying it all in. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got a, a lot more in terms of lore of the witches, some of the rules behind the witches, and the world that, like, that they exist in, mm-hmm. and, like, how the whole, like, interaction with their followers kind of happens. Oh. So that's kind of cool, and, like, just honestly, the the fact of how these burrows crop up, I'm like, mm-hmm. that's neat. I like the idea of having, like, some of the rules in place, because that's always an issue when you're talking about magic, yes. is not having rules in place. This definitely succeeds in that, um, and it is, it's funny, because it's about, really, it's about a little boy and his mom very Terminator mm-hmm. um, and then um, about uh, he and his friend in a sense which is funny because if you read up some of the like the notes from Snyder in the back of the first witch's volume he talks about growing up with a friend of his and how they used to hang out in the woods yes. and all that such. so I always felt I, I feel like this is kind of a nod to that and of course those two characters I don't think necessarily portray no. Snyder and his friend but I think he was like you know I'm going to uh, tell a story about two little boys in a way right um, I don't want to spoil anything that happens in it if you haven't had a chance to read it because I know I definitely saw a comment in there that someone said they hadn't read it yet so I definitely so don't, don't want to yeah. get into spoiler because you get it because it's really you cool you definitely should get it it is a longer book of course um, so it does warrant a, a larger price tag but I think it's worth it there's a lot of backup stuff in the back yeah. notes um, you know uninked pages jocks art is a delight of course as always yep. and um, next year yeah, one year from from Halloween. From when it came out, we'll see the sequel, hopefully. At least that's what uh, that's the indication we got in the Scott Snyder interview that we conducted on our sister show, <laughs> The Elseworlds did. Exchange. Yeah, you can find here on this channel. Check it out because uh, yeah. Scott Snyder was a real treat, and he really delved into a little yeah. bit. So of, uh, definitely of that go whole check process. that out because yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's jump into some recommendations before we jump into Daredevil, yeah. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I recommend this book because, like, why the hell not? Check it out. Uh, Green Lantern number one from Grant Morrison is coming out next week. Uh, Grant Morrison wanted to do a Green Lantern book. It is all about space copery and <laughs> like the, the the ridiculousness that comes into it. Space cop. Yeah, it's uh, it's got art by Liam Sharp. Uh, Snyder said he read it and he loved it Uh, and seeing it is more crazy than reading it so definitely pick it up hey and this gives us an opportunity for another book to be on back issues where uh, maybe your Grant Morrison impression will crop up maybe who knows Uh, more than likely usually if I have to talk about him that's the case yeah Um, let's see Uh, yeah that's right Um, oops (laughs) Adventure of the Super Sons number 4 comes out uh, out of 12 so the only series that like will highlight the John Kent you like and remember because when he comes back in the Bendis run, uh, he will not be as you remember him. Oh, so that's uh, a shame. Yeah, this will be the last time you'll get not that's only John you like, but also basically Peter J. Tomasi's the, version of John. The cover's kind of fun. It is very fun. Very also, fun. Uh, Damien. Oh, good. I was gonna say it's like weirdly like Scooby Dooish. Yes, uh, Damien's a monster now, so. 
And I don't mean like a physical like beast. I just mean like he's a psychological terror and, oh. a, and a creepo. I legitimately so, thought he was a monster. Yeah. I was like, oh. So again, like this is the only series you're going to get where you might like Damien anymore. Right. Um, man, uh, Aquaman has a mega event that's been going on. Yeah. Uh, the Drowned Earth. Uh, Justice League number 11 comes out. Check it out. It's part two of Drowned Earth. Uh, it is a cool series. I enjoyed the last chapter. Okay. And uh, it's a neat idea. It's just, you know, like, elder space ocean gods come to Earth, and they're like, this is mine. And they flood the Earth and turn everyone into fish monsters. That way, everyone doesn't die when they flood the Earth. Uh, And Aquaman's powers are stripped from him and given to Black Manta because F you. Okay. And so, you know, it's just like, it's just cool stuff. Uh, Wonder Woman gets some cool armor. Otherwise, it's also a cool... Uh, it's a neat idea. And I like what they're doing with these kinds of events because they organically mesh into each other. It's not... It's like what they did with The Witching Hour. Where yeah. Where it's like it goes from one to the other. You... It reminds me very much of, like, when Marvel used to do the annuals okay. as an event. Um, but also how they kind of used to do it. Right. right and right. I, I think it works. If it doesn't work now, it'll work in the trade. Right. Okay. So, check it out. Uh, also, coming from uh, Marvel... This is a series that fa- that is coming to an end. That cover is a it's a low blow, guys. Yeah, Death of Inhumans number five comes out. I've loved the series. I'm going to continue to love this ending. I have no doubt about it. Check it out. It's just it's just so good. Uh, I can't wait to read the rest of it. Check it out. Nice. Um, I am so so excited to talk about this book. Uh, <laughs> Marvel Knights number one comes out next week. This is a the twentieth anniversary of Marvel Knights number of Marvel Knights debut. Uh, Donny Cates said that he kind of got into Marvel from Marvel Knights, like okay. so many of us. Marvel Knights represents everything good that you remember about Marvel, everything that you like about Marvel, uh, all like the innovation and and like high quality talent and interconnectivity that Marvel like displayed when Marvel started to like not just make a name for itself, but more win the hearts and minds of the public and of the culture. Right. This is a, like, there's a love letter to it. Uh, it's written by an unweary writer, despite the fact that Donny Cates writes pretty much every other book at Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Marvel Knights, if it was written by Joe Quesada, or if they brought in Bill Jemis, or if they asked Bendis, or if they got anybody from the old Marvel guard, uh, Mark Miller, these people are tired and weary, and they would not have done it justice. Those are people who were young and excited to do something new and innovative back 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. The only thing you could do to do the, the the Marvel Knights brand justice is give it to someone who's hungry and interested and talented and has something to say. <clears throat> uh, we are going to see Matt Murdock, Frank Castle, uh, all the Marvel Knights characters that you love and enjoy uh, working together, crossing over, and I'm hopefully... Uh, because it's a six-issue series, we're going to see a lot of, like, great, I don't know, uh, examples of what it means to be, like, a street-level Marvel character. Okay. So I'm, I'm digging this, uh, this idea. Uh, if nothing else, go out and find the old Marvel Knights series, because, like, even if they're not good, they're at least original and, and interesting. Um, Fantastic Four is a Marvel Knights book. Yeah. Uh, you know, check it out. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff way better, like Punisher Marvel Knights and Daredevil's Marvel Knights. And uh, it's just, even the Spider-Man Marvel Knights book is crazy. Uh, so check those out because it's so good. Uh, and check this out because, like, I want them to succeed yeah. on this idea. I want them to bring back what I like. Right, right, right. 
Uh, jumping into the super chats before we get into your recommendations. Okay. Crescent uh, Medicine <laughs> says, "What's a good X Men event slash po- run post 2000 you can recommend? Not including House of M and all the other stuff. Uh, Astonishing X Men by Joss Whedon. Just pick it up. It's like ten volumes. It's great and fun. Uh, it's also got John Cassidy art, so it's just terrific. Nice. Uh, read that, and it'll be like, oh, X Men, yay! How? What happens after that? Also read uh, New X-Men by Grant Morrison. You'll enjoy it. Okay. And Mr. Roboto, who would write the Marvel magic line best? Well, me. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, I like Jason Aaron doing magic. I think he, he's well suited to that, and I think that's where his strengths are, whether it be Asgardian-style magic mm-hmm. or Doctor Strange. I think he uh, does well doing deep dives with their lore that is already established, but also pulling in new ideas for it. I, I, I just think that it's right. kind of he, gets he it. should be. Yeah, that's But I know they house. want him. Like, I think I think he wants to do other things, and they want to put him on other things, and I just... I, I think know. they think they need him where he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know. So they're like, uh... So uh, I'm just saying, like, I, I for me, my money has been on Aaron. Yeah. Um, although Tining might be good based on Justice League Dark. Bring him over there. Right? Why It'd not? it be kind of fun. Yeah, I agree with that. That's It'd fair. it be kind of fun. <laughs> So uh, what oh, are we recommending? Um, sorry, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing I'm doing good still. Uh, the Dreaming Number Three comes out this week. Uh, just continuing what's going on there. I'm the most excited, honestly, just to see why Daniel Hall quit. I know they're never going to bring Morpheus back. No, it's okay. I miss him so much. Um, so you know, if you've been reading it, might as well keep going. Right? Yeah, I hear you. Um, and then just a, a random kind of recommendation. I know there's a lot of love for Chu um, within like comic book readers. Um, yep. One of the co-creators of Chu is coming out with a space horror book called Outer Darkness. So I just wanted to put that on your radar if you hadn't been aware of it. Uh, so you can check that out this coming week. Cool. And then also for you Constantine fans, uh, John Constantine Hellblazer is going to be having a 30th uh, hardcover anniversary book coming out so if you want to support your favorite english sarcastic spellcaster go ahead and do so (laughs) show him some love (laughs) well there you go (laughs) so those are the books that came out this week that we think you should check out Mm -hmm. uh so let's jump into daredevil a little bit daredevil season three uh came and went uh it's uh you know it's still out on netflix you can check it out uh we did Mm -hmm. and uh it's 13 episodes and it comes in a weird place. I was loving it, and then they announced that Iron Fist was canceled. Then they announced that Luke Cage was canceled. Yeah. And we had a big episode actually of Off the Rack where we talked about the future of Marvel Netflix. So we'll try to keep that on the on the down low. Like, yeah, you can check yeah, that whole yeah. episode out. Uh, but what did you think overall of Daredevil season three? It, okay, so in terms of because it's really hard to separate. My knowledge of like these like of where it's going these possible and... event like these cancellations and like like you don't know what's coming next honestly from like my feelings about this this season, um you know what's funny is like initially like I didn't know what to expect from the season and like I honestly I think I really enjoyed it mm-hmm. I think it was a slower burn than I think a lot of people were hoping for considering it was so. season three yeah um but I think it got back to a lot of the ideals of some of the early episodes of the first season in fact. Like, pretty 100% on that one, because when I started playing it, my Netflix, when I opened up my account, because you would watch the first episode, I had fallen asleep. I was exhausted. Um, and I was like, just watch it, it'll be fine. And I caught up on it the next day, but I went through my Netflix account, and when I did, it was like, it started playing, it was playing the first season, and I was like, I've seen this before, what the hell's happening? And I was like, oh, wait, hang on. And I put it to season three, episode one, and a lot of what was being said and done and shown in that first 
episode was stuff that was like an echo of the first episode from the first season. I was mm. like, that's cool. Thank you for like like kind of setting the like world that like we're going to be entering into again yeah we we like we did this thing over in season two yeah we introduced punisher we we, we really pushed with the hand mm-hmm. um you know we really kind of played up the little like magic a little bit uh yes. so we're gonna get back to our roots and talk more about like things that make daredevil daredevil even though and and also you know like it or hate it people really found daredevil season two to be uh, a slog people didn't like it very much uh, whenever I talk to anybody about Daredevil, they're like, yeah, season one and three are awesome. And I'm like, I love season two. Uh, the debut of Castle. I like Daredevil versus the Hand because that's in the, it's from the comics directly. Yeah. I love Elodie Young's version of Elektra. Um, I like the cameo from D'Onofrio as the Kingpin. There's a lot to love about season two. Yeah. Um, but I get if you if you have enough of like, especially after Defenders, like I've had enough of ninjas though. Yeah. Like, let's let's not do that anymore. Yeah. Or if you're going to do it, make it a joke. You know, but, like, move on from these freaking ninjas. And I'm so thankful to say, season three, no ninjas. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I think um, it's funny because, like, we're kind of used to, like, shows in general being like, here's episode, or here's season one, here's season two. And, like, season two is not going to be the exact same story, but it's going to be something similar to what you saw in the first one. Mm-hmm. And this one, like, this is going to sound, I'm, I, I, this is going to be, like, a reference that, like, two people are going to understand. But, like, this... This, these three seasons of Daredevil pulled a full-on Silent Hill on us. Mm. Season one and season three are pretty much like yeah, they're like one after the other. Mm-hmm. And then like season two was almost a standalone season. Right. Yeah. In fact, season one Daredevil has like the the black cloth costume. Yep. Season three he goes back to the black cloth costume. Now yep. they narratively make it make sense. Yep. Uh, which is that Kingpin strong arms. Uh, uh, God, what the hell's his name? Um, well, anyway, the guy, the costume maker, into oh, making oh, a Daredevil Gladiator? costume. Yeah, Gladiator, into making a Daredevil costume for him, for his new protege. Mm-hmm. They introduce uh, Bullseye. Uh, man, okay, so Wilson Bethel plays Bullseye. Yeah. Uh, he does a great job. Very different take. Yeah. Very, very different take. Mm-hmm. Um, never actually call him that. And, um... No. I... No, they never say it. They never, never, never say it. Um, but really, like, interesting mm-hmm. version of that, especially in the like overall like theming of this season. Which yeah. for me, the theming was guilt. Right. <laughs> yeah, the whole damn thing is all about guilt. Yeah. Such that every character is something that they have to feel guilty about. Yes, and like I thought that was kind of interesting because it's. It's very in your face and it's very there, but they never talk about it outright necessarily. Occasionally, yeah. sure, with Matt and the Catholic Church and all that, it they might come up. They will say the word guilt. Yeah, it might but... come up, but like for everybody else, it's just an ever-present part of their lives. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny because it's not like anyone's. It's not like anyone's just like, oh, you got to get over. Like you know, like you have to forgive yourself or you have to like live with it. But mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Like everybody like deals with it in, in their own. Way yeah, and exactly. I thought that was kind of a cool examination of the concept, especially because Daredevil, being a Catholic, especially in the comics, mm-hmm. like guilt's kind of a big part of that. <laughs> yes, exactly. In a sense, mm-hmm. um, so like I thought that was kind of cool to bring him back to that, even for Wilson Fisk having a little bit yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I thought that was a really cool like underlining like thread that carried through every plot point. Yeah. in this, there was a really cool sequence <laughs> in this show. In which Bullseye, I think, exemplifies the character, and it is when 
he puts on this sequin-long trench coat, and he takes off his snow cap during the summer, and he has this tattoo of a bullseye in his forehead, and then he licks the tip of his finger, and he yeah. taps the middle of it and says his own name. Right. I don't think then he breaks a stained glass window, he catches all the pieces, and he throws them all yeah, I think at Daredevil. Was, that's and Daredevil's not... like a Spider-Man-esque sequence where he, like, poorly CGs his way out of the way. Yeah. It was really incredible. The, that, it was um, an odd choice to make him Irish, but I think well, it really works for the well, movie. That, just, that wasn't the show. That was what? That wasn't the show. That wasn't the show. That wasn't the what show. What did I see? Uh, you saw something else. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. I think you saw a certain movie. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. No, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the Phantom starring Billy Zane. Yeah, it's not what you're thinking of either. Uh, that <laughs> was amazing. How great Bullseye was. There's a great moment in the move in the show in which Bullseye <laughs> is fighting against Daredevil in uh, Karen Page's The Bulletin, which should be the Daily Bugle, and it's not. Yeah. It isn't. Screw you, Bulletin. Close. Where's the Daily Bugle? Give me the Bugle. I like the I like uh, I I love Karen Page's boss. I think he's fantastic. He's I'm so awesome. glad he he is he has gone through some like some shit and he has yes. really grown as a character. That's uh, Jeffrey Cantor's character. So good, uh, Ellison. Yeah, uh, so good. He's great. I want him to go work for the friggin' Bugle so bad. I know. Just I know. close the bullet. Yeah. Do it, especially if they cancel the show and they move it into the movies. Do it. He'd be a great right hand man. He'd be the to he'd Jonah. be a, yeah he'd be a great like. It's Jonah, it's Robbie, and it's Ellison. Yeah. Please, do it. But Bullseye is using office equipment to shoot, to, to hit Daredevil. Yeah. And it's straight up Bullseye from the comics. And you're like, is this what Bullseye normally does? Yeah, I really was like that. I was like, because I am like vaguely familiar with Bullseye. Right. Like, I, I'm aware of You don't of him. see Bullseye too much. I know his, 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 his history with Elektra. Yes. I, I got all that. But I'm not used to seeing him just, I'm like... Really? It's whipping Who staplers. Who a stapler? Like, yeah, well, Bullseye a, does. Is it a swing line? <laughs> <laughs> but he does, and it kicked ass. It and did. I was like, this is exactly what I wanted. Yeah. If I, Even if he doesn't put on the eight ball-esque outfit, <laughs> yeah. which, by the way, like, I think Bullseye is one of the best outfits in supervillain history, because if you inverted the colors, or even if you just gave him a different origin... Bullseye's costume is basically a superhero costume. Like, like it's so classic and original. Yeah. Like I love Bullseye's costume. I think it could have translated. I'm glad they didn't. I'm, I'm almost glad they didn't do it. But right. I'm also a little sad they didn't. Like the fact that when we saw Daredevil fighting Bullseye and Bullseye's wearing Daredevil's real suit and Daredevil's wearing his Black Ninja suit, yeah. I'm like, oh, they should flip costumes. Like Daredevil's Matt is basically wearing a Bullseye costume. Right, right, right. Black and white. Yeah. Why don't they do that? What? They didn't do it, but it was still cool. Right, right. Um, now, there's something you pointed out, and just in terms of talking about costumes real quick, um, Daredevil partway through this um, season realizes that he's not strong enough to take down Bullseye, goes to Fogwell's gym. Great. Thumbs up for that. So awesome. So incredible. Um, you know, he has, of course, the voice in his head this whole time. Oh, of the Kingpin? Of the Kingpin being there. When I was a boy. Occasionally his father shows up, too. That was great. Kind of cool. Really like those sort of, like, um, like, visualizations of your own internal conversations that yes. you're having. Absolutely. Um, but he starts getting these ropes out. The, 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 these Muay Thai, Muay Thai ropes. Yes. And he puts them on, and all of a sudden you're like, that's, like, very evocative of Frank Miller's, like, the daredevil and i was yeah. like that's really cool to like take that and like try to make that a, a true visualization and give a reason for yes. why that could exist exactly like, that's neat and it almost in a weird way the longer he wore them made it more like the black like clothes because he's almost wearing clothes right it, it's no basically just, yeah let me get one a, a black sweatshirt you take that off, put a hat on you're just you're just yeah now you're a just a dude. regular guy 
Um, but when he puts those on, it makes it more of a costume. Right. And I'm like, that's that's really that's like this is a good call. Like the more he gets into being Daredevil for the right reasons. Yeah, the more he actually starts to put on a superhero type yeah. costume. Yeah, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody does a great job in the show. There's nobody that was I was like, get out of here. They even did something cool with Nadim. Yeah, because at the like, gate we were the, just like, like okay, I don't like you. Like I get it, Nadim. You're a go getter. Yeah. You're going to get yours, and by yeah. the time that it happens, I'm like, oh. Yeah, he gets dragged through the mud. 100% yeah. totally dragged through the mud. Um, but, I, you know what? Like, seeing it in the aftermath, like, and being able to look back on it, like, yeah. that character arc, everything he did was 100%, he had to do those things. Right. And again, that whole guilt factor plays in over time as he's making his choices. Yes, exactly. Um, jumping in the super chats really quick, just sure. to, because I don't want to end the show before we talk to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, BM Gray, did you do you think that Spider-Man in the MCU would ever sort of disregard the Netflix shows by having the Bugle appear and having Ben Urich work there? That's my biggest fear: is them doing that? Yeah. Um, because once Ben Urich shows up, that is the official like last nail in the coffin for the Netflix series being in the MCU in any yeah. way. Um, the fact that they cast the lady who plays Black Mariah as the lady whose son is killed in Civil War uh, during Age of Ultron was my way of being like, oh, they don't give a shit. Right, but, I mean, luckily, like, she portrays such a different individual. I mean, like, yes, it is the same actress. Literally the same actress. But and the show was coming on at the same time. I know, that I know. It's out. the same actress, but, like, she does, I think, do a, a decent job of portraying two different individuals. Black Mariah's not that lady. It's no. not like she was, like, undercover as a no, bereaved, No, no, you know, but I think it's mother. also, like, the average movie-going audience doesn't even know. No, no one's going to get I, them confused. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, that was a clear and like that was a clear acknowledgement of I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pricey Yeti four twenty. Do you guys uh, you guys catch the Peter versus the Parker versus Morales wrestling poster? Yes, yes, I did. Uh, I remember seeing um, some <clears throat> like spoiler bullshit in my like news feeds well before the show would have been finished by any reasonable adult, and uh, it said like Spider Man cameo at the end of Daredevil, and I'm like, yay! And it's just a joke about names. Fine. Uh, it's cool. It was a fun little fun little thing. I it thought that was cool. Nice. But at the same time, not a cameo. Yeah. Just a just a joke. Just a like, you know who could have signed off on that? Nobody. Right. That could have just been a prop department being like, oh, you yeah. need a poster. Here you go. Right. It could have been Miller versus Bendis, and it would have been still fun. Right. But, like that's as important as as it was. All right. Let's talk about some other characters. Yes. Uh, Karen Page. Karen Page redeems herself in she, in, in my eyes a little she bit. She does because like every decision she makes in this series so far I'm just like oh my god just die yeah it's always the worst choice when are you gonna die and I'm like bullseye's in the show Karen Page will die in this show here we go Karen justice for Ben you're gonna die Uh, I I, I, halfway through the show I was like I really dig Karen like I kind of liked how it went on yeah Deborah Ann Wool loves playing Karen Page and loves doing this stuff and seeing her uh, tweets and stuff about the show when it was coming out I was like, it kind of endeared her to me a little bit, where I'm yeah. like, she really seems to like playing this character. She's the only one who showed up for for Punisher. <laughs> like, it's just, it, no, it was cool. It's true. Like, my issue isn't with the actress. It's just with the character. Like, oh yeah, no, just she's do, just a jackass. No, they like, just do such a good job of writing her. Yeah, that writing I'm just her like, is this. I'm like, you're so frustrating. You're a frustrating character. She it is. Just drives me crazy. But they all are, and that's one of the things they for are. me. Like, they're also frustrating in terms of like, hey. Uh, Matt, Foggy, and Karen haven't been friends since the first three episodes See, of the first season. And I know you have a real problem with that, but, like, I love Foggy's devotion to Matt because, like, yes. we've seen... I've, I've seen 
movies and shows try to do this whole thing where it's just like let's let's try to establish that these guys have had a relationship forever and it doesn't always come off if it's not on screen right these guys somehow make me 100% buy in particular Foggy yeah. makes me buy that he's been friends with Matt for a really long time and he's willing to forgive him for everything because he's always going to be there for him yes and like it's something that Matt doesn't quite get based on no. his rearing right which I think we get an even more peek into that of course mm-hmm. in this season but like I know that frustrated you because you're like you're like, but, like, Foggy... But can we see it? Yes, but, like, for me, I'm just like, there's something about the way that he portrays Foggy Nelson that I'm just like, I buy it. I yeah. buy that he's like, no, like, I, I, you just, you don't know Matt the way I know him. No, that's true. Uh, and he's just like, and not just the person, the character I'm talking to, I mean, you, Sal, you don't mm-hmm. know him the way I know him. You're right, no, that's fair. <laughs> uh, no, I dug Foggy. Uh, Foggy's <laughs> been annoying for the first three seasons, or the first two two seasons and Daredevil, or, and Defenders. Yep. Because like, uh, don't be Daredevil. And I'm like... That's the only reason why I'm watching the show. I want him to be Daredevil. If his entire supporting cast knows he's Daredevil and tries actively to keep him from da- being Daredevil, we're basically watching the Incredible Hulk again, and I really, really can't stand Hulk shows. Right. Now, I don't... I don't... Like, but it looks like they finally got over it. Yeah, my I point. mean, like, here's the thing. Like, I understand... Foggy's motivations for not having him do that. He's like, because you could right, die. Because if, if any of my friends were Daredevil, I'd be, I would, I would be like, don't do that anymore. Right, exactly. And also, like, there's the legal ramifications of it with he's, which he's well. I'm culpable. Of. Yeah, like, exactly. So, like, I get that. It's when everyone else is like, Arr, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I got it. Thank you so much. Um, yes. But yeah, I love Foggy. I think he's, I think he's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I loved him in this. Like, all of his turns, getting to meet his family, yeah. kind of understanding where he comes from, mm-hmm. his portion of his guilt of like going on and becoming an attorney as opposed to running the deli. Yeah. And, like, part of his family being, like, super on board for that and some of his family being, like, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, being resentful of it. Yeah, and it's just, like, come on, everybody. Get Uh, over yourselves. Great send-off for Peter McRobbie, a.k.a. Father Lanton. Oh, my God. What a great, like, exploration of his character, too. Yes. Because... Again, don't forget, I accidentally started watching the first episode of the first right. season. Right, so you're He's like, hey, there he is. And then he comes back in this, um, of course, and we get to know a little bit more about him and his role in Matt's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, his role in keeping a certain secret yes. in Matt's life. Uh, that also introduces Joanne Whaley's version of Sister Maggie, who yes. they drop names uh, of her in The End of Defenders. And I'm like, yay, they're going to do Born Again. And they kind of did. A little sure. bit. little little crack mirror, like, alternate version of... Uh, yeah. Inspired by Born Again, but not in any way an adaptation of Born Again. Yes. Because um, I was expecting it to be like, okay, so Kingpin finds out he's Matt, and then he puts him through the ringer, and he blows up... Fo- he finds Foggle's general, I'm like, oh, he's going to blow it up. Like, we're going to get that scene where he says, like, it was a great, like, piece of work, Kingpin, and it's a shame you, you signed it. Yeah. We did get the taxi cab in the water. We got a couple of cool visuals. Yes. But, uh... Yes, but, but they didn't do it uh, no. um, 100%. But, but Whaley's portrayal of Sister Maggie, what'd you think? I loved her. She but I mean, great. like, there, there was part of her that reminded me of my own mom, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that was always, like... Yeah, it was really nice. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. I, I liked her, like, sassy, no-nonsense, um, tough love. Yes. Um, like, us, like lot, not all of us, the audience, but, like, some of us in the audience knowing who she is and her... Um, you know, like interaction or her relationship to Matt. Yeah. Um, and being able to see like her little like hints of that, and for those who didn't know that was coming, right? It's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, just real, just a lot of great stuff. Uh, all the all the supporting <clears throat> characters and cast members did a really wonderful job with yeah. what they were given. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I I love of course seeing uh, D'Onofrio playing the kingpin. I, I was waiting to get to him just because it's like he's so great. He's phenomenal yep he's he's movie cal they're all movie caliber but like 
Spider-Man 3 had better be Spider-Man versus the Kingpin. Yeah. Like, especially, if they end this show, the only, like, solace I will get is knowing that they can finally put the Kingpin into the, the, the MCU. Yeah. Here's the thing. He's, like, he can work in that mo- in those movies because he never curses and he's intent. Like, it, it, like uh, right? the only yeah. reason why he shouldn't work in the MCU is because they kill every villain. Yeah, uh, But no. I don't think they will because they didn't even kill the Vulture. So I think they'll kill this. So, uh, so I think they'll keep him, and I would love to see him there. He was but like he does such a good job. He was show. such a like just, it, a visual, it, just an acting treat. Yes, but it was also like it was an incredible slow burn. Yes, because like we had kind of seen him get his like roll on in the first, but like he was also kind of under the thumb of the hand. Right. <laughs> That's why they call it that. Puns. Um, but um, in this, it was like he seemed diminished initially Mm -hmm. and then of course as we go through we realize just how not true that that is Mm -hmm. but like just how deep his machinations go i mean like i I get to use that word because i'm talking about the kingpin like yeah ah yeah like no that was that was a and that's kind of like a new development for that kingpin mm -hmm. we like we never really in the show directly established the fact that he is like a, a, a genius. Yeah. Who is always ten steps ahead. Yeah. And they act like he's always been like that. But it works in a great like sidestep way where it's like, no, we can retcon in that he's always been this like brilliant. Sure. And it works to like a frightening degree. Yeah. It's like, great. It was utterly incredible. Um like it like the way they wrote him and the way D'Onofrio pulls it off. Mm-hmm. I truly was looking for him to be torn down. Like, I was right on board with Matt every step of the way. I was just like, no, you got to take him down. Like, it's fine. Just do it. I'm totally on board with you. I don't even care about the idea of, like, future stories you could tell with the Kingpin. I'm just (laughs) so invested right now in his destruction. Yeah. Because he is just such a virus. Right. Exactly. Uh, By the way, really quick. um, (laughs) The Red Samurai. uh, What did you think about the parallel with Nadim and Matt Murdock's father with the phone call? Thought it was a great moment. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, it was great that like Nadim gets a, gets justice and redemption, and uh, yeah, I could see the parallel between Nadim like doing sacrifices as this, as, his, as Matt's father did. So yeah, I get it. Uh, Comic Goblin. Well, not just that, but like the phone call. I think he's talking about the one where he's in the gym and he's on the. Oh yeah, when he calls him, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he's just like, you're gonna, they're gonna, you're gonna think that like I'm, I'm, like, a, I'm a bad guy. Yeah, but like I'm not, I'm not a bad guy. Right. Like, I was like, that's yeah, that's very and much I, his father. And I think again, like it's a, like really clever way uh, to get Matt's head out of his ass sometimes that yes. like it's not just him, right, like... it's not all about you Matt <laughs> exactly which is easy for Matt to fit right to, to and forget. also like I, I think it helped too to like for him to better understand Nadim and like that like he is a, a good person right also hearing him say it no like he knows he's telling the truth so right right and really also cool. to like give Matt the opportunity like to allow for the potential for forgiveness yeah uh, Comic Goblin honestly felt Foggy was the best character in this great season beside the villains. Mm-hmm. Never felt he had a crazy moments like some of the others amazing season. Yeah, no, like Foggy's moments I think were like a little quieter, mm-hmm. but they still have a lot of strength behind them. Yeah. Like the decisions he makes, he steps up to be a hero in his own way. Mm-hmm. Um and he really comes into his own. Like like and they do a really good job, as you pointed out, visually with him, where like he's wearing the expensive suits and they mention those, and then inevitably he gets back into his classic like Foggy, I'm a poor attorney, yes. like, outfit. Yeah, like, that's dumpy, or, like, really fun. Right. Um, and finally, Charlie Cox <laughs> as Daredevil. Uh, he's so great. He's he's incredible. Yep, he's, he's just terrific. Absolutely incredible. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I was. Were you done talking about the kingpin? Oh yeah, yeah, no, we can, oh, we can keep talking about. Uh, I was, about I was not quite done kingpin. with that. Um, only because like we have an opportunity to see him um, have a one to, like one on one with Karen Page. Yes, that was a great sequence. It's just and like, you know, it's. I can imagine how intimidating it must be to do a scene with D'Onofrio because he gets so into this role. You, 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 I, I feel like she probably would have expected to be beaten to death, like as an actress, because <laughs> he's so intense. Like, I would love to meet him, but I'd also be, like, afraid of him desperately. <laughs> like, because, yeah, he's, he's, he's just big. He's larger than life. Right, but, like, uh, we had the opportunity for, like, she, I think she certainly held her own in that sequence. Um, they, like, get, they go toe-to-toe on yeah. that. And uh, certainly she gets uh, a pretty low blow on him that, like, I love that D'Onofrio just doesn't seem coming. Or, like, yeah. like Kingpin doesn't seem coming, and D'Onofrio delivers that to us 100%. Exactly. Just, uh, just absolutely, absolutely love D'Onofrio. Um, of course, his obsession with Vanessa. I desperately hoped that Vanessa was not going to be able to come back. Yeah. Just to hurt him. Yeah. Because I just wanted that so badly. I was like, oh, maybe she's dead, and nobody will tell him. And, oh, that'll really get him. That'll really get him. Or, I just like, want to see him hurt. Or, like, she'll land, and then immediately she'll get arrested. Ooh. And I was just, like, anything, any way that... Like, yeah, I was like, I wanted that so badly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I loved seeing his like re-rise to power that was always there. Mm-hmm. We get him in the white suit. We don't get the purple ascot, but we do no, get we don't the get the suit. ascot, but we do get the suit. We I'll take it. We get the suit the whole time. And then and a little like rose lapel that was fun. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Um, he's just phenomenal. The yep. way he, um, the kingpin is written to control the room. The way D'Onofrio controls the room. Yep. The way it's like this like. N- he has such a physical power to him, but most of the time, the power that he, he's exerting is not that. Right. We do see that, though. Certainly. In particular, in the car. Mm-hmm. With the plastic jacket. Oh, with, the, or with, with the, the jacket. Yeah. Give me your jacket. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, it's amazing. It is. It's spectacular. Um, it's just D'Onofrio just really knows how to command that whole thing yep. and, and, and just ruin people's lives. Right. Like the way he ruins um, uh, Dex's. Yeah just completely destroys him. I mean, like, yep. Dex is certainly struggling himself, Like, but the way he tears him down, I've never seen anything quite like that. No, it was awesome. It was it was really incredible. Yeah. And, like, it was sad, of yep. course. Um, but, man, he, does he go off the deep end? Yeah. That last... Oh, ep- Bullseye was amazing. Oh, my God. When he drives up at the end? Yeah. Ugh. Like, what are you doing? Oh, my God. <laughs> who's, who's, who's in the passenger seat yeah. there, Dex? Oh, we, you got to stop. Because, no. That was epic. It was incredible. Um, just but so yeah. great. Yeah, let's go back to <clears throat> Charlie Cox, though. Um, uh, Charlie Cox does such a good job. Dude, like, really nails it. Yeah. Uh, I just I just love what he does. And he, and he has a great range. He's very subtle, but he's also yes. very, like, unhinged. And mm-hmm. he can do it all. And it's like, that, that's, you know. Yeah. That's why I'm championing. I said this on Twitter, like, weeks ago. But I was like, we sh- we need to get... They're announcing that Black Widow movie. Mm-hmm. Put Daredevil in the Black Widow movie. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, why not? All the Marvel movies have, like nowadays, have some cameo or some supporting character as one of the heroes. Yeah. Put Charlie Cox in, make it Daredevil, make it awesome. Yeah. Please. No, because he... Daredevil and Black Widow have a beautiful mm-hmm. history that I'd love to see actually put on. Especially because, like, Charlie Cox is a movie actor. But, like, uh, Scarlett Johansson is a good actress that I'd like to see bounce off of him. Yeah. And his, like, intensity. Mm-hmm. Him just, like, going to, going to Marrakesh or going to, like, Madripoor and yeah. being Daredevil. Ugh. Yeah. But he's just, just, just speaking just in pure terms about the show. Uh, the fact that he can, like, play the character in terms of, like, doing the lines and doing the, 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 the blind thing and also, but he can also be phys- the physicality of the role. 
Yeah, I mean, like, and it's funny when you meant, that you mentioned the blind, like, being blind and portraying a blind, yeah. like, character. I think he does a really phenomenal job of doing that. And, like, I, I every once in a while I find myself thinking about, like, the little subtle things that he's doing mm-hmm. that, like, those of us with sight wouldn't, like, think twice about. Like, the way he's able to train his eyes to not look To at not anything. looking in their eyes. Yeah, yeah. it's it's really <clears throat> phenomenal because, mm-hmm. like... I know, like, I'm, my eyes are, like, all over the yeah. place. I'm when he infiltrates at everything. The, when, he, when he infiltrates the prison and he's trying to pretend like he's not blind. Yes. That is some acting. That, yes. like, really works. Yeah, it's a guy who can see, pretending to be blind, pretending to not be blind. Yeah. It's it's dude. Just amazing. Pretend yeah. to be. <laughs> this guy's a dude pretending to be another dude. Um, like, But he also, in this season, I, and I'm like, yes, in the first season, the second season, I feel like this season he had an incredible opportunity to play a range. Yes. Um, you know, like the idea of like him killing off Matt Murdock. Like I'm not Matt Murdock anymore, but like such a Matt Murdock thing to say. It is. It is such a Matt Murdock thing to say, but it coming back and like, you know, his initial like resentment of sister Maggie. Yes. And then the later change that Mm -hmm. we get and that resentment, like it's two completely different things. Yeah. And his constant struggle and turmoil with what to do about Kingpin. Yep. And I'll be honest with you, like that last moment between he and him and what he says, like it's incredible. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. And like everything he says, I completely buy when he's in lawyer mode, Mm -hmm. which we get to see. We rarely get to see it. And it's great to see him actually being a lawyer. It's really cool. Yeah. So great. Uh, Overall, I can't recommend the show enough. I know. Check it out. Watch it. I heard that like viewership dipped on this show by like 57% or something. Yeah. It's like they didn't, it's like people didn't believe that it was going to pick up. It's trust me. Like if you did not finish this season, please do. Because I'm telling you the, the, it is a slower burn, Mm -hmm. but like it is, necessary yeah, even the karen episode is great yeah and honestly like yeah the karen episode actually is really strong i know it's, it's really, really good really that would strong. be the episode if i had was just like if i had seen seasons one two and defenders and i heard there was an episode just called karen i'd be like Pass! yeah but like this was incredibly it was, it was very good yeah um and honestly like even with the slow burn i did not feel like this was stretched out no no, I was actually really glad we got 13 episodes, although yeah. I think, again, with all the Netflix shows, you could have done it nine or something, but I'm glad we didn't. Sure. I wanted more. I wanted more. And we got Yeah. Yeah. So, that was great. It was It was just so good. Um, yeah. Just, uh, everybody was so great. Uh, Preston Bryant. Can Charlie please get nominated for something, please? Yeah. I, right? Everything. I agree. He should be nominated for everything. Yeah. Just all the prizes. <laughs> him and uh, him and D'Onofrio. Yeah. Go uh, for it. NB Gleason. Good Sunday afternoon. Are you guys going to do Batman, okay. Ninja Turtles, Animated Adventures, or Batman Team and T2? Uh, probably more like 2 than Animated Adventures. I didn't like it. Uh, or, or 52 or a comic line on how bad Future's End is. Uh, we'll never do a comic <laughs> line about Future's End, but we will probably do fu- uh, 52 in the future. Nice. So that'll be a little insight into the shows mm-hmm. that we're doing elsewhere uh, on this channel. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Daredevil Season 3 is great. Uh, I want there to be more. Yeah. Uh, Disney owns Hulu, so even if they are canceled, maybe they can find new life on Hulu. Yeah. The, the, if not on the Disney streaming service, since it's not technically PG-13, it's something we in between. Yeah, the, the viewership drop is concerning yeah, to very. me. I was really hoping that this would be left on Netflix to let Netflix continue to produce a mature show like this. Because yes. like Daredevil is such a perfect fit. For this sort of grim, gritty world that mm-hmm. he exists in, yeah, um, and like I feel like they found a really great balance this time around, and they, yeah, just like leaving off everything where it was. It was like kind of a cool ending. And it's like if we never got any more, all right, fine. Like I, I would prefer that wasn't it. Um, it's not like there's like a massive cliffhanger or anything no. like that at the end of this. 
Um, but I think they also have the potential of having set something up. So yes. it's just cool. Agreed. <laughs> so check it out, watch it. And of course, don't forget to pick up your books this week because uh, we recommended a whole bunch of them and yeah. we think they're going to be great. And I uh, want to thank you so much for hanging out with us. Mm-hmm. And if you want to see more uh, of this duo doing video games, I think, what are you going to play? I think Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Sounds good. I think that'll be the best call. I think so. I'm not ready. Like I've been playing Red Dead Redemption, mm-hmm. but I don't but think I, I don't think I'm ready to put that out there. No. Although this is a pretty classic moment, I'll talk about it later. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> go into the description, grab a link uh, to our Purple Channel, uh, and you'll be able to watch more of that in a little while. Yeah. But uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us, and of course, mm-hmm. a special thank you to our super chatters who yes. donated to the show and make this channel possible. Uh, of course, if you want to help make this channel more possible, you can always go to pi- Patreon.com/slash/ComicPop. And uh, help us out on a monthly basis. I don't remember what the... I think it's monthly. I think it's monthly, too. So monthly. on a monthly basis, you get early access. Uh, you can watch back issues right now. Uh, Super Suns is out right now, so Ooh. check it out. Um, and, of course, I want to give just a really quick shout-out and a thank you to the people who made the next couple of episodes of Elseworlds possible. Thank you so much to Scott Snyder for appearing Incredible. on last week's episode of Elseworlds. Incredible. And a big special thank you to Dan Schoening and Eric Burnham for being on this week's upcoming episode of Elseworlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm traveling, so I won't be able to do a live show, but you still get Elseworlds. Yeah. And it'll be all about the IDW Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters that all worked out really well it really did so check that out and uh, stay here and of course don't forget to like this video subscribe here to to Comet Pop and click the bell to get notifications every time we go live because when you like these live shows you need to get the bell clicked otherwise you won't know there's something yeah you don't get the the thing or whatever exactly and also I want to say thank you so much everybody for the well wishes for me getting better and my stupid cold yeah it's gonna be a good winter if I've already had two colds that means you, you built up immunity now. That is not what that means. That's not how that works. Not at all. But, not for uh, me. No. Thanks a lot for hanging <laughs> out with us, everybody, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye, guys.